Hey everyone, welcome back. This week I am joined by Monica Jones. Monica is an Under Armour ambassador, she is a women's training coach, and she is an all-round badass. I connected with Monica last year online, and I've really been looking forward to inviting her to be a guest on the podcast. So let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker, and author. Each week, I speak to a variety of guests, from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers, and innovators, to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by, and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate, and inspire, so I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Monica, welcome to the Power Hour podcast. How are you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me on. This is so exciting. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this ever since we first connected. So for everyone listening, Monica and I connected online through Instagram and we are both Under Armour women's ambassadors. So since working with UA, I've been able to, yeah, I guess been introduced to new people, to new athletes, to new runners, new trainers. And Monica is one of them that literally from the moment we connected, I was like, oh my gosh, your energy is amazing. And I know that this conversation, I know that people are going to love it. Oh my gosh. I literally am. We were just talking about this, but I am your biggest fan. So (laughs) it's really cool to be on a team globally with women like yourself and just to be able to connect in ways like this it's there's pure magic absolutely so I'm gonna jump straight in and the first thing that I want to talk to you about today Monica is confidence now this is a big topic but the reason I want to start off with this is because personally you know I feel that you are such a confident woman you empower other women you your energy's great and you you know it's not just about okay confidence in the sense of like how you look or you know I really just feel that confident energy in everything that you do and the way you execute and the way you the way you act and and everything that you give so I would love to know from you firstly would you describe yourself as confident uh, you know, honestly, I have really taken to the term confident because I, the only, truly the confidence that I have comes from having God in my life. And it's, it's something that has truly changed my life tremendously to have a relationship with God and to know that I am of service to him. I, I can't even describe it in any other way. So, you know, walking toward a you know metaphorical group of women or walking into the world um, with my head held high really just comes from knowing that I'm of service. So it wasn't always like that, <laughs> but I would say that it's confidence. And I would also say that it's, it's just the living with purpose. It's the living with passion. That is where my confidence comes from for sure. Wow. Wow. That's really powerful. And you, so you mentioned it wasn't always like that. So let's touch on that for a moment. So is it something that you have, well, you said on purpose, you've purposely had to work to build that confidence? Yes, absolutely. One of the deepest ways that I've been able to do that is through educating myself and putting myself in different surroundings and surrounding myself with people who serve very similarly Um, They have a mission and they are willing to be exposed as the caring and loving people they truly are. I think when I was growing up, it seemed like you weren't cool unless you were mean. 
and I didn't, I didn't know how to be that. So it was so out of character for me if I was going to be mean. So I just hid in the shadows and I never felt that I was worthy of other people's energy and attention. You know, I, I wanted it in ways because I was young, especially as a young athlete, but I was timid. I hid in the shadows. Um, you know, I love to tell the story. When I was in high school, apparently as a senior, I was one of the class cuties, <laughs> but I had no idea. So my yearbook literally has a picture of nothing. It's like a little gray square <laughs> and it says not pictured. And underneath it, it has my name as the class cutie. And I'm like, wow, no one, no one told me. I didn't know. I wasn't there for it. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm just running around here feeling not cute at all. But, you know, I mean, that's you're what so happens. Cute. Thank You're so you. cute, but I mean, also we're, over here in the UK we don't have a yearbook. So what is what is that yearbook like? Why did it have no picture? What is what is it? They, so they call them superlatives, and basically you would have like most popular um, class clown who's like the funny guy or girl, and you know mm. most athletic, most this that and the other, and your senior class, maybe even your junior class, has those superlative pictures taken. But other than that, the yearbook just you know it holds pictures of everyone in each year of high school. It'll have you know, different pictures of the sports teams, of yeah. the art teams and, and stuff like that. And who That's decides, really interesting. Who decides this? Is it voted? Like who decides who's the class clown or, or who's the cutest? Yes, it's supposed to be voted, but who knows what was going on at Glen Burnie High School? <laughs> who knows what was, <laughs> who was picking? <laughs> oh my gosh. To be honest, I mean, I don't know. I feel like in this like 2021, like woke culture, I just I feel like that is just a disaster waiting to happen. I don't know how um, people, I guess maybe it's supposed to just be like a fun thing, right? It's not like to say taken seriously. I so I would hope not. But you watch those movies about you know mm. people in high school or like what is that one movie where um the two girls they have a high school reunion, Romy and Michelle. Uh, I think okay. they're high school that's what it it's like, you know, they define you for your entire life. That kind of stuff can happen too. Wow. Um I've definitely had some things define me for quite a few years in my life and they definitely do stem from from school, from adolescence. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, okay, that's the yearbook, but please go back and tell us the story. So there was no picture, even though you were obviously voted, nominated as the class cutie. Yes. And that just, that just pretty much sums it up. Basically, I was, I worked to be invisible most of my Mm. time in high school. And it was because I already felt that way. And I was like, well, I'm already here, so I need to go a little bit harder to be invisible rather than try and push for the other way. And I had two very hardworking parents who were unable to make it to any of my games or, um, you know, any of my meets. And, you know, my siblings were all, they all had jobs or were out running around. So I think that that kind of upbringing made me feel like, okay, well, let me just get through this rather than let me take a leap into doing something greater. And it it was very environmental, but I believe it all happened for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. here we are now. I'm on the Power Hour podcast. So yes. we made it through. Yes. And actually, I'd love it if you could, I guess, share a little bit of that journey. So from then to now, you know, for, for people who might not be familiar with you and what you do, like if you could tell the listeners actually what you do now and why you do it. So right now I am doing many things in the wellness space and I am really advocating for women to begin to understand themselves and 
become more in tune with their bodies and more in tune with their spirituality so that they can really accomplish and achieve a fulfilled life um, to live into every single day versus really focusing on one specific goal and to use that as our best tool to affect others in a positive way. So I am a sweat trainer, which is an incredible women's community where I do hit and boxing on demand on the app. Uh, of course, I'm an Under Armour trainer, and that is a vibe in and of itself. Uh, a lot of great <laughs> ways to connect with women virtually and in the performance space like yourself. I am a co-founder of two studios, getting ready to be three. We just signed our first franchise in Pittsburgh. So yes. Bash Boxing, I created the programming for our members and our coaches uh, to have the best boxing-inspired experience that they can. And I'm also a nutrition and self-actualization coach. So lots of lots of coaching, lots of yeah. hopefully inspiring content creation on the internet is always a thing. And life is constantly exciting. It's mm. It is exactly what actualization means to me. And I'm hoping to pass that along to the masses. Yes, well, you're doing a great job, Monica. And I really love as well, you know, as you're listing those things, obviously there's a thread that ties everything together that you do. You know, I often say that I'm a professional encourager. So whether that's through this Ooh, podcast, yeah. yeah, whether that's through this podcast, whether that's through leading people through, uh, you know, marathon training, whether that's mentoring, whether that's writing, it's always with the same thread of, how can I encourage people? And actually one step further than that, how can I actually give people actionable things that they can do yes. to help make change? And I think that I love firstly that you're, you know, able to do all of these different things and, and they require different hats, right? So sometimes being the trainer is different to being the coach. And sometimes being the coach is different to being the businesswoman who, when you're talking about franchise and business and scaling, like that's a whole nother thing. So uh, yeah, I love that you're able to wear those different hats. I love that we're all able to now be multifaceted women and say, actually you can do not, not the, not the message of you can do it all and you have to, but actually you can do multiple things. And if there's a thread that ties it together, that's when I think, as you described, you have this purposeful feeling that gives you the energy because people probably say the same to you as they do to me like how do you have the energy to do so many things but when you have that mm -hmm. passion tying it all together it just it just drives you yeah absolutely and I love that I love professional encourager I love just hearing that I'm not crazy <laughs> you know our energy <laughs> connects us right no matter how yeah. far away from each other we truly are our energy connects us and we find each other that energy finds you and you connect to people based on truly what your mission is and as long as you are literally living based on your values and your principles and all your actions match you are going to end up exactly where you are supposed to and you'll have more energy for more things because they align Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think the things that give you more energy than they take, you can do those things all day. And, you know, mm -hmm. I love to talk. So at school, I was always scolded for that. Like, Adrienne, you talk too much. I think every school report I ever had said that I talk too much. But again, it's the thing that I love to do. So I could literally- Yes, it is a gift. Yeah, I mean, I could record probably eight hours of you know, podcasting back to back. If I, I mean, maybe I should do a podcast marathon one day, but I just, nice. I wouldn't run out of energy or focus. Whereas other things, if you ask me to, I don't know, do something else for, you know, focus, dedicated, I, I, my mind starts to wander, I get distracted and I run out of energy because it's not the thing that, that comes natural to me. 
Yes. And the, what you said about focus is so important because that was one thing that really defined me for many years of my life was, um, you know, having ADHD and thinking that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't on par with math or I wasn't on par with, you know, history or whatever it is. Those things were not relevant to what I had passion for. So for instance, if I'm calculating macros now as a nutrition coach or you know, looking at the history of U.S. and slavery, they've become so much more of a focus point for me because they're relevant to what I want to do. But, you know, if I'm defined early on as someone who is unfocused or, you know, unmotivated or mediocre, then that carries for a long time with, you know, especially women in their adolescence. So I thought it was interesting that you brought that up. You definitely would have been the superlative of most talkative in school (laughs) and, you know, probably, you know, most energetic or something like that. And, Hopefully that would carry over to something positive for you for many years, um, just depending on, you know, how you took it and how many times it was affirmed for you in your life. Yeah, exactly. And that's so true. So much of what we're told growing up, it just stays with us for, for for longer than we probably think. You know, I'm 34 now. I just had a birthday. I feel like I feel Happy like belated. Lockdown. Yes, I thank saw your beautiful you. dress. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's one of those things where everyone's like, during lockdown, it's like these birthdays just keep creeping up. I'm like, wait, I just had one. But anyway, yeah. I think, you know, those things that we can carry with us from being five or eight or 10, they don't just go away. You really have to understand that. I'd love to talk to you about exercise and about movement. As I said, you know, for anyone who, who follows you or I online, often they'll say, okay, you really motivate me to get moving. You motivate me to exercise. And I'm sure people probably ask you all the time, like, you know, how you, yeah, you keep motivated and focused on your training. But what I want to talk about really is the fact that, let's be honest, exercise is hard, right? So whether you're running, Mm -hmm. whether you're boxing, whether you're lifting, exercise is hard. It requires effort. It requires energy. And right now, I think the message that I'm getting from a lot of people is that, you know what, Adrienne, the last year and a half has been so brutal, you know, like I've been tired. I am, I've been... If it fearful of, I don't know, my work or my kids or, you know, the virus, like so many things that are just kind of people feel a bit beaten down. So then this idea of like going to do something that is hard, like physically hard when you feel beat down, it just kind of feels like, you know what, let me just put that off. I, even if they want to, they say, you know, I want to start exercising again. I haven't exercised for weeks or months, but I just don't want another beat down. So if someone's listening to this now and thinking, yes, that is me. What would you say to them, Monica? Get yourself a coach. We need coaches. We need someone there in our corner to tell us, hey, we got to get moving. Here's how we do it. Here's how we break it down into something that's approachable. You know, having someone to make it their mission for you to get through the day, even if it's not a a coach in person. So, you know, they might show up and, and do... You get on the sweat app and there's a whole community of women who are supporting you or, you know, hop on my fitness pal. There are workouts on there or, you know, get on, you know, the iFit app, whatever it is, there's someone to coach you through the effort. There's interaction of some sort because and I, I hope that in our time during this pandemic that many pe- more people have discovered this. You don't have to do anything alone. There's mm-hmm. You know, some of us may have a chip on our shoulders, but you don't have to go through your journey alone. And even if your goal is not exactly the same as your neighbors, there is usually some sort of unifying aspect of it, right? Health or 
uh, mental health or just being able to get out of the house and go for a walk, whatever it is, you don't have to do those things alone and never feel guilty for or never feel embarrassed for asking for help. That was the biggest thing. I have many coaches. <laughs> I got a coach for everything and I attribute so much, 90% of my success to the coaches that are leading me through whatever it is that I'm asking for guidance on. And I believe the most successful people, as far as those who are super happy or those who have what they want in life, they have coaches. That is what got them there truly. Mm, I really love that answer, actually. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't know what you were going to say to that because, again, sometimes people say right now, it's like, you know what, lean into the rest. Don't, you know, it's a lot, right? You know, there's a lot going on. Lean into the rest. Other people are like, you know what? life's always going to be tough. There's always going to be challenges. So just lace up, get Mm -hmm. your butt in the gym, lift that stuff. And you know what? We all know you're going to feel endorphins. You're going to feel serotonin. You're going to be glad later on that you broke a sweat and you got it done. But I actually hadn't thought about, yeah, the idea that why are we always trying to do things alone instead of saying, actually, there's people who that is their job. And also that's what they want to do. That's what they, like you said, give, and you said at the start about doing things in service of others. Actually, there's, it's not like you're a burden to say, oh, you know what? I need someone to help me. There's people who that is what they want to do. And so, yeah, joining that community or finding a coach. And as you said, it doesn't have to be super expensive. You don't have to get a one-to-one personal trainer, but actually joining a community and helping them support and they can support you, but also I guess you can support them as well is yeah, really great. I think a really great place for people to start. Absolutely. And honestly, I wouldn't, in the beginning phases, I have, I have a whoop, but even after having a whoop and gathering data about my recovery, I need someone to tell me, hey, we're going to cut the session short today because your energy's not there. You're doing what you can, but your energy's not there. You know, I need someone to say, hey, I think we take the third week of the month, we're going to cut the training in half so you can deload a little bit. That's It's important. So someone can tell you to lean into the rest, but it's got to be someone you trust and someone that, you know, it is actually either their job or their best interest and them having your best interest at heart to tell you to rest. So the guidance absolutely helps too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's okay to say I need help. That's the big thing. I think in my upbringing, I was so used to just not getting the help and then I didn't want to be a burden. So I didn't ask for help for the longest time in my life. And I went at a lot of things by myself and Yes, I did, you know, find a a really deep relationship with God and that was my help and my guide. However, when I really, really started to open my mouth and say, you know what, it's really getting to be too much. I need help. Um, I was at my darkest point and that transformed the way that I look at every task. I personally actually have what's what I call exercise anxiety. (laughs) So during the pandemic, it became very clear to me that because I struggled so much with my periods and my cycle young, I would be out of practice. So soccer practice, you know, we're running laps and laps and going really hard with sprints. And then I would literally be gone for half of the workout because I was in so much pain with cramps and Mm -hmm. I didn't understand my cycle for the longest time. So I would have a fear every single time that I would step into a workout that I would get those types of debilitating cramps or, you know, be in pain or be unable to do the workout. So now when I look at physical activity, that's intense. I usually look at it with a little bit of anxiety and fear. And that's why I had to have a coach that was mindful and understood 
you know, the hormonal shift in women that understood progressively overloading. Um, and that's what really made me more successful in my workouts. It was having someone to understand and to lead me and make me feel more comfortable so that it was approachable. You know what, Monica, I've talked about this a few times about, you know, training with your cycle and like, I know it's come up in some, some previous episodes, but I cannot tell you enough what a game changer that has been for me personally you know as yes. as a runner in my training and i just feel like why why weren't we taught this why weren't we told this even as exercise professionals who've you know i've been in this industry in the wellness industry for 13 years and yes. it's great that there's a spotlight on it now but i'm almost mad i am mad because i'm just yes. like why did i not know this you know 13 years ago also why didn't i know this 10 years ago when i was postnatal when i just had a child or a few mm-hmm. years later when i when i suffered a miscarriage and then six months later i was running a marathon i was running a damn marathon and i was exhausted i had low iron my body when I look back at I have like a YouTube video I actually I'm already regretting saying this out loud because that video oh my gosh it is jokes but anyway I have a YouTube video of that marathon and when I look at the end of it honestly I just pity that girl because I just look like this weak skinny little thing and I had no energy and no iron my iron was so low after having a miscarriage and also I think I just had emotionally it was nothing left but I didn't know like no one said to me you know what actually you need to track your cycle and these things are gonna impact how you train there's just days when you run and you think oh my gosh why is this so hard why do I feel like I'm carrying a rucksack with weights oh I'm rubbish I'm tired and it just the whole thing is like punishment and painful and then a week later you're like running up that same hill bouncing away Powering through and it. Yeah. literally I call it power week week one for me is power week I can do all the things I can do all the planning I can work I can present I can talk I can run and I have endless energy because I and also now I, I can you know look at it month on month on month so I know what to expect so honestly if you're listening to this and thinking okay yeah okay cool like track your period whatever please do not underestimate listen to how enthusiastically mm-hmm. I'm talking about this it has changed yes. my entire life mental health, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, your performance, they all get so much better when you start to understand this. And I I mean, I am angry too. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I am, (laughs) I'm salty as it gets when it comes to that because man, like if I could get some of those years of my life back, I would, but I know everything happens for a reason, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think I might've been in the Olympics or doing some crazy cool shit if I had known how to sync my cycle previously. And even now, it's not perfect, but it the understanding, when we start to create or educate ourselves and create space for that understanding in today's society, it transforms your life. And although cycle syncing is not the focus of my self-actualization coaching or my nutrition coaching, it is such a compliment to start to strengthen women's understanding of themselves so that they can stop feeling so you know, like they're underperforming or, you know, like something is wrong with them or like they need to change who they are in order to get results. That's not the case. We need to start to understand what the outside conditions have taught us and really become more synergistic with our own bodies and cells before we can improve what we're doing outwardly. Yeah, 100%. And it is so, so empowering to have that knowledge. Now Mm -hmm. that I can 
see, as I said, and I can predict and I can plan and I can see things. It's just so empowering to know that actually. And as you said, to be able to communicate that to other people, whether it's a coach, your partner, whatever, for you to say, look, this is, this is what's happening and understand it. Yeah. So much. I mean, honestly, I could do a whole show just talking about that, but thank you, Monica, for, for, um, yeah, for bringing that up. And then I guess of the next course. thing I'd love to talk to you about as someone who as someone who works incredibly hard, not just in the boxing ring, but in life, I would really love to talk to you about work ethic. And actually, as I said, this applies across, you know, business, exercise, all these things. And let's be honest, again, I talk about things that are hard. I often say one of my like kind of mantras is you can do hard things. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because instead of waiting for something to become easy or instead of thinking, oh, Adrian, if I do this, how many times do I have to practice this until it's effortless or until it's easy? And I actually say some things I think will always be hard. And so instead of waiting for them to become easier, oh, you're just going to magically, you know, for example, if you're if you find public speaking difficult, like, oh, one day you're just not going to anymore. Maybe it's always going to be hard, but you can do hard things anyway. So often when I hear you talk about, you know, putting the work in and working hard, you're not giving people like, oh, make it easier by doing this, or actually here's a hack or a shortcut. So why is the mindset of working hard? Why is that so important to you? It's the integrity of the process that creates the greatest outcome for us. I feel as if, you know, understanding that if I put in the best practice, then the outcome is going to be beautiful and I don't need for it to get easier. If it were easier, then the outcome would fall short of what I truly, truly want. And, you know, I usually tell people like I'm, I'm a huge fan of doing, you know, single limb and, and unilateral work because we have to make sure that our body is going to be pretty proportionate and um, pretty equal in strength on both sides. And there's always going to be something to correct on one side versus the other. So I'm telling people, you know, do a single leg bicep curl and maybe see them leaning back. And this is in previous years because I'm mostly coaching groups now. But if I see someone leaning back during a bicep curl, I'm like, you need to choose the path of most resistance. We have been our bodies, you know, our minds, our spirits a lot of times are programmed to find the path of least resistance, to find an easier way. But if we can lean into the path of most resistance, we are going to get the most out of it. So I would say work ethic is all about the integrity of in the moment, but it's also about understanding what kind of outcome you truly want. So if I'm like, oh, exercise is hard. I don't want it to be that hard. Well, you know, what did you actually want out of it? Did you want to continue to live with ease or did you want to say that you got through something tough and it made you better? It made you tougher. So it's it's just about getting a little bit intrinsic and understanding what truly is motivating you. What are you looking for? And, you know, for me, hard work is, I don't want to say easier to do, but hard work is more motivating to do when you have a true purpose in mind. And when you truly don't take the opportunity for granted. So those are two big things for me is, you know, really understanding the opportunity that you have each time you can do something Mm -hmm. difficult or that you're faced with something difficult and putting the integrity into the path of most resistance and knowing that there's going to be something really beautiful that comes of that, that you could not get if it were easier. Mm, Yeah. Wow. 
Absolutely. And also, I guess, again, I'm thinking about right what you said at the start is stuck in my mind about service of others. And I think sometimes when we think about something that's hard, it's not always just to serve ourselves, right? Sometimes it can be for others. It could be for our kids. It could be for for. Uh, something we're going to create that's going to help other people and I often think the same thing applies there like the things that are maybe the most overwhelming and daunting and the hardest to do are the things where you really feel the biggest sense of you know what this is it's the thing that is going to help other people often is that that that's the hard thing to do oh yeah and also I'd love to know, you know, it's overwhelming me saying, you know, you can do hard things and, you know, and you mentioned, you know, choosing the path of the most resistance because that is going to pay off and it's going to have the biggest reward. But we're all human, right? So we never, we never get it right all the time. Sometimes we probably do take the easy option or sometimes we probably, I don't know, we, we cut corners or, or we try something and it doesn't work out and, and we don't quite achieve what we wanted to. So in those moments... As I said, we all have them. What do you what do you say to yourself then? So in those moments, it is it's okay. I've, we can't we cannot do the most difficult or most intense thing all the time. But it's about the intention. You know, how are you setting yourself up for the for the grand picture for the greater outcome, and how are you keeping that? How are you keeping that internal reflection renewed? So, okay, I did something really hard yesterday. Should I expect myself to be able to do something really hard today? No, right? Mm -hmm. So then I am going to strategically look towards what is a little bit easier. I believe that it becomes very uh, frustrating and conflicting when we are just randomly rolling about life and trying to find the easiest path in everything that we do, but we're not quite clear on what the overall goal is. So if I don't know truly and intentionally what my overall goal is, and I constantly look for easier, then I'm not really getting better, right? And I also yeah. might not be getting that much closer, you know? So it's it's just about, you know, random planning is going to bring random results and if you are truly, truly planning your effort, planning your attack, then you do know that, you know, maybe I'm I'm in a round, you know, going against my opponent and I've got 30 seconds to go hard because I know that I, I've set up the right combination. And then maybe for another 30, I'm kind of just coasting, just jabbing it out for a little bit. And then I can see where their energy is. Oh, now I can go hard for 45 seconds or you know, go hard for 15 in the last 45 and coasting till the end of the round. But it's about having true intention and creating a plan of action. Otherwise, doing things that are easy feels more guilty because it becomes a trend. And then we're like, where is this taking me? You know, I see other mm -hmm. people leveling up all around me, but I don't feel like I'm leveling up. And, you know, sometimes doing the, the constantly easy things and the convenient things becomes hard emotionally to take on because of what mm -hmm. we see other people achieving because they decide to do some things, you know, that are more difficult and they've planned to do some things that are a little bit easier. But it's it's really just all about intention and and really having a plan. Mm. Yeah, the plan part and as you said, making the goal clear because and again, a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine who also has, you know, very strong relationship with God and she always says to me in anything, you know, from the Bible it says write the vision and make it clear. Now, mm -hmm. regardless of how the you know, regardless of if whether any, anyone listening, regardless if you have a relationship with God or not, this example I think was so helpful for me and it's like if you ask God for something so you pray or if you Let's imagine you order something on Amazon, okay? You've pressed buy and you know it's coming. Mm 
So it's so clear. It's so obvious. It's literally like, you know what it is, you pressed buy and it's on its way. Then you trust that it's coming, right? So you know that it's going to arrive. You don't then the next day think, oh, let me order it again. Let me order it again. Let me order it again. Mm-hmm. Because then you, you know, it's like, yes. it's, it's coming. And so this idea of write the vision, make it clear. It's like, you've asked for it you know, get on, do the work, but it's coming. And I just, honestly, when, when I think about that, sometimes I'm just like, like you don't, you know, maybe not the perfect example because Amazon now is super speedy. So you don't have to wait very long. Um, whereas we might ask mm-hmm. for something and have to wait years for it. But I think that analogy of make it clear, you can't just say to someone, okay, I want to, let's say I want to, I don't know, earn more money. You're like, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean you want to double your salary or does it mean you want to earn like a hundred pounds more? Like, what's the goal? Or like, I want to get fit. What does that mean? Does it mean you want to get stronger? Does it mean you want to be able to run further? Like, again, having clarity on any goal in your life is going to help you in everything, right? It's going to help you to stay on track. It's going to motivate you. It's going to help you to actually determine, like, have you succeeded in the goal? Because if you don't have yeah, a clear goal, how do you know that you haven't already you haven't surpassed it you know what's the parameters in which you're literally going to say defining the success or the failure if you don't even know really what the goal is yes yes absolutely getting specific is so important you know i love uh i love coloring book the chance the rapper album and one of the songs on there is you know are you ready for your blessing and i ask myself that all the time i think a lot of us can get really frustrated feeling like we're deserving of something but we're kind of sitting around waiting for it and feeling deserving And we're not doing the work to actually be ready to have it. So, you know, if I look at myself, you know, a decade ago when I got into fitness and I felt like I deserved to be a huge influencer and someone who created a program for a fitness franchise, someone who got to be a brand ambassador for a global sports performance brand, if I felt like I deserved to be that back then, but all I knew how to do was run, (laughs) that is not what I was going to be prepared (laughs) to take on at, you know, 22. So it's really important to know that, hey, you might have ordered it, but are you ready for it? Let's say I ordered a TV, but I don't have a TV stand. Okay, do I expect to be watching TV when this TV gets to my house? Oh, okay, but I'm going to watch it on the floor (laughs) because I didn't have the setup for it, right? So it's like, if you ask for it, make sure you're doing what you need to do to get prepared for its arrival. Um, And don't think that just because you had the means to ask for it, just because it's on the way, that that means that you just wait, Mm, yes oh my gosh I love that get prepared do the work make sure that whatever it is because of course we always we're encouragers right we're going to tell you yes go after those big goals but you're absolutely right make sure that you're doing the prep work and that you're ready for it when it does come when that opportunity does come or when that I don't know whatever it is comes knocking that actually yeah you're ready to take it on I love that So you can enjoy it, you know, it might come and then you're like, this is a little bit too much for me right now. And then you miss that magical moment that you've been waiting for for so long. Yes, absolutely. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hulu. 
All right, let's talk a little bit about the Power Hour because this is the Power Hour podcast. And of course, I want to know. I mean, you're on the other side of the world to us. So there is a bit of a time difference. So I don't know. It's not super early for you right now, right? No, it's moderate. It's about, you know, 10.45 a.m. Oh, okay. Okay. It's midday. Um, Okay. So (laughs) I'd love to know from you, Monica, when I'd love to know what time you get up in the morning. I'd love to know what the first hour of your day is typically like, if there's anything that you avoid, if there's anything that you do intentionally every single day, tell us all about your power hour. Okay. Power hour. Okay. So I actually, wow, I call this a huge jump in quality of life for me. So I wake up in the morning pretty much when I feel like it, which is sick. It's the coolest thing ever, honestly, now that I think about it. But I wake up pretty much around 7am naturally. And I'll get up and uh, immediately get down and pray and just thank God for the ability to wake up in the morning for a night of rest and uh, for another opportunity. And I just ask to be able to do the work that he sees for me. And then I'll get into some meditation, burn my Palo Santo and, you know, go through my gratitude list and do some breath work. I say breath work lightly. I just try to breathe deeper because honestly, I, <laughs> I'll i usually spend like five to eight minutes on gratitude and affirmation. And I try to make sure I'm connecting my mind and body. Uh, And then I'll drink some greens immediately because I want that to get into my system before I start taking in any, you know, any other macronutrients and try to get in a lot of water. And then I just look at my planner and try and see what's going on for the day. And that takes about 45 minutes in Hmm. total to an hour. And then I'll look at my phone. Aha. Okay. So two things here. One is that, you know, it sounds pretty, you know, it sounds intentional, right? You're not just like, oh, let me just see. Like, do you ever miss that in the morning? Like say, for example, you woke up and it's like, you're not feeling it today. Do you just say, okay, I'm not feeling it, but I'm the, I know that this is how I'm going to start my day. So it's become a habit and a routine. What, what do you think? Yes, absolutely. So if it doesn't happen, which, you know, we're all human and sometimes we got to run sometimes, the phone calls to us before all of that happens, and I just try to make sure that I'm mindful through the day. So even if I don't get to stop for five minutes or so and do something that I need to, I will make sure that I stop during a task and take it all in. So if I'm overwhelmed with a task, then I just take a really deep breath and close my eyes and say, this is what you asked for. This is the kind of stress that you wanted. You didn't want nine to five stress working for someone else. You wanted random time stress that you created for yourself for your own brand for you know your own mission that you know aligns so I always have to check myself on those overwhelming moments if I didn't have my morning routine um but yes I forgot to say I brush my teeth I definitely brush my teeth y'all so I um, <laughs> I will usually use that too so like if I'm in the shower or brushing my teeth I'm gonna listen to podcasts um or you know do some affirmation while I'm doing that. So try to kill two birds with one stone. Usually I like to be intentional and give one task. It's all of its glory and all of its time. But if I have to, I just try to make sure I slow down and absorb exactly what is happening in the moment. Hmm. Yeah. And I hope that for anyone listening, maybe, I don't know if they missed that, but I love the idea that, you know what, you 
you you wanted this stress or you wanted these problems that's how I sometimes think about it if you think oh my gosh I've got this problem because I have to do this or I have to be there or I don't know something that as you said is a stress I definitely do that as well I kind of think you know what everybody in the world nobody is exempt no matter whether you are a superstar athlete whether you are I don't know running a country in government whether you are a stay-at-home mother with four children to take care of like everybody has stresses and problems but the Mm -hmm. idea that you've chosen your stresses and problems I, I really think is a mindset shift that if people could understand like you know what for example and I'm not trying to say that everyone's problems and stresses are, you know, are equal, but it's more around how we're going to approach them. So if I think, okay, I might be stressed that I have six things to do. And it's like, well, actually you have those opportunities. You have this busy schedule. You've managed your time in this way. So you have this stress. But if you were to flip that around and say, what would the reverse stress be? The reverse stress might be that you have nothing in your diary, which means you have no work, which means you have no income. So it's kind of like, which stress do you want? Do you want the stress of the work or do you want the stress of having no work? And I think sometimes just flipping that around definitely works for me. And I kind of go, wow, lucky me. Like, I'm lucky to have these problems. Mm -hmm. Bring on the stress. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I'm lucky to have, I don't know, a a son who I have to ask him seven times, you know, like, get your shoes on, get your shoes on, get your shoes on. By the time it's like Batman voice in the morning, like, get your shoes. Like, you know know what? I, it's a good problem to have that I have to, you know, rush around to get him to school before I can do anything or whatever, because it's like, oh yeah, that is a blessing and a problem because yeah, the alternative would, you know, I don't, obviously I don't want that. So yeah, I really hope people Mm -hmm. will hear that. And, And again, as I said, I do not want to diminish people's um you know problems and say oh you know just look on the bright side like that toxic positivity but i do think that we can often yeah just reframing the stresses in our lives is is a really powerful thing to do for sure yes be realistic and another thing is like i usually call it overwhelm but there is a difference and we have to understand the difference between pressure and stress because stress is the accumulation of pressure that we did not handle you know, so, you know, if I'm not doing well with my task management, those tasks, the pressure from the tasks becomes stress on me, on my body, on my mind, on my spirit. And it takes a lot more to get out of a situation of stress than it does to get out of a situation of pressure. Pressure can make you better. However, stress can really stagnate you. So even being intentional about the difference between the two can transform the way that your day goes, the way that your week goes, the way that your month goes. And then, you know, you're at the ultimate goal that you wanted. And if we can differentiate those two, getting to that ultimate goal can feel so much more rewarding than if we stumbled our way there along the way and never enjoyed a single piece of it or appreciated it for what it was. Mm, yeah for sure because we've all heard that right that pressure can actually you know the idea of people that say I perform well under pressure or the kind of the pressure's on and so it actually caught, you know encourages us to do our best because the, in that moment of pressure but you're right stress is debilitating and stress often leads to poor results as opposed to excelling you to do your best it is a legitimate health concern now stress itself and it's ex- especially high in women And we have to be able to understand how to break stressors down into manageable pieces. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope anyone thinking about their power hour right now and thinking, okay, how do you want to start your day? We've touched on so many things around, you know, being intentional about, you know, again, as you said, you starting your day later or not even later. I mean, later than me, but that's not necessarily means that it's later (laughs) Um, and it not having to be, I don't know, a certain way for everybody, but actually finding 
what you want to do to start your day to then set you up to have the kind of day that you want. That's really what I want people to kind of, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you might have heard so many different people talking about their power hours. But I think that's the thing is everyone's is different, but it's always intentional. It's never really just an accidental, I don't know, do whatever. So yeah, have a think about that and uh, how you want to start your day. Monica, thank you so much for joining, for joining the show. I really, really appreciate your time. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you and where they can connect with you online? Thank you so much. This is incredible. You guys can find me at Train with Mon on Instagram, on Twitter. My website is trainwithmon.com or monica-jones.com. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to hear about everyone's power hour because this has been a great way for me to officially start my day. And I'm very excited about all the work that you're doing, eh? Oh, thank you. And I'm very excited for us to meet in real life. So I'm just putting that out there. Big yes. shout out to the whole UA team, the UA family for for yeah, bringing so squad. many wonderful, powerful, inspiring women into my life. This squad, right? So yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the, the meetup. Yes. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do let us know. You can rate, you can review all that good stuff over on iTunes. And of course, share the Power Hour, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. That definitely helps me to be able to spread the message of the show, but also to be able to book even more incredible guests to bring these episodes out every single week. So stay safe and I'll see you next week. 